You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. The local cannabis workers. And they have some things that they want to see happen on the state level. And I just wanted to ask you if you'd be like interested in thinking about those or supporting those. Um, Some of those like cannabis worker safety reforms one is uh, mandating that larger cultivation sites be required to create internal employee-run health and safety committees in, and or mandate the hiring of uh, health and safety uh, positions just like they are required for compliance. Would you support something like that? Yes, um, actually. So I, I agree with, and actually those are good ideas. Um, something my office and I, my my staff and I have been talking about is if you look at how the Department of Environmental Protection and the Division of Labor and Industries work, you have DEP that DEP will will oversee the environmental impact. And then you have, say, like removing asbestos. They will do the testing. They will make sure, look at the environmental safety aspect of it. Then you have the Division of Labor and Industries that comes in and they oversee the workplace practices that you have to remove it wearing a respirator, the, those types of things. So I was I, I was also looking at that type of initiative to see, it's all, think of OSHA on the federal level and this being a state level um, entity, which we already have in existence for other labor, for other types of um, manufacturing or other types of industries. But I do think there should be something in there that we have a state level enforcement or some sort of statement level of regulation or protection for the workers. Welcome. We're live. Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. That was from last night. Very special night. We uh, seem like we're making progress here. You can see it live on the show. Look at my hair. I'm, I'm disheveled right now. I was just, I was, uh, you could tell I'm a little late because I was really listening to last night's show. I'm into it. I hope uh, everyone else was too. I think a lot of uh, people were into it last night. I want to thank uh, Mass State Senator Michael Moore for coming on the show and talking about the issue that we've been talking about quite a bit for a long time, the employees, the worker safety issue. He lent a lot of support last night. He's got a bill that he's supporting. I was very happy to get him on the show and get him on the show with Danny, who did great as well on the show. Uh, we've got some great guests tonight. We're, we're talking about True Leaf. We're going back to True Leaf in Florida. Uh, I have a special guest for you, a couple guests in the green room right now. The first one I'm going to bring up is uh, from Florida. He's a True Leaf worker who has quite a bit of information about that corporation. We're also going to be taking phone calls tonight. 978-560-3155. When I get that set up on my, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do that right now. Actually, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring up James. This is our first guest tonight from Florida. We'll, we'll have him introduce himself. And while I'm doing that, I'll set up the phone phone lines as well. So let's do that. James, hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. You got that nice, deep Florida <laughs> Southern voice. Yeah, it's, uh, it tends to be one of the better parts of me, I reckon. People love to listen to it. I do. I want to hear you a little louder because I'm loud. <laughs> and I don't want my voice to overwhelm you. <laughs> it sounds so good. Yeah, better than I'll mine. pick it up. Yeah. Um, so to tell, give us, you know, your quick introduction, like, you know, five minutes on <laughs> who you are, your five minute life story, we call it. Gotcha. Yeah. So I started working for True Leave uh, January of 2000, or July, sorry, July of 2018. 
I was there back when our pay stubs actually said George Hackney Incorporated before it actually said True Leave. Um, back when, you know, we were absolutely begging for anything during the the summertime, stuff like that for our outdoor employees and anything like that. But um, yeah, I'm a, a, a Marine Corps veteran. I got out of the Marine Corps, got into law enforcement for a little bit, uh, tore both my shoulders. Had a buddy that just started working at True Leave in the maintenance department, and he was like, "Man, you need to come on." He's like, "You can get, you know, get hired here, you know, and blah 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 blah." blah. And I was like, mm, "I don't know." So, but I jumped in on it and ended up working there for two years and eleven months. Um, I oversaw the opening of multiple sites uh, as far as like product acquisition. Um, so I did product acquisition for Jefferson County, Florida, Madison County, Florida. Uh, a bunch of the buildings out in Quincy, Florida as well, uh, like the expansions to buildings two, three, uh, well, two through uh, eight, I believe is how many they had by the time we were done. Um, and essentially just kind of got mixed around everywhere. Uh, also, our production facility in Midway, Florida uh, was uh, responsible for all of the product acquisition for that. So I kind of started off just being a warehouse guy and very quickly ended up doing a whole lot more just because of the experience that I had, but they never offered to pay me for any of it or to give me a title. I just stayed a material handling lead. And um, yeah, so it was, it was definitely a, a fun, very quick journey as far as that goes. Uh, ended up just doing some basic help for somebody who was behind. Uh, they were like, this is six months worth of orders. I need you to go through and like, help me catch up. You know, we'll get it done throughout the week. And I was like, okay, by 4 PM, I came in and I handed her the stack and I was like, all right. And she was like, you done for the day? You quitting, giving up? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean you're done? I'm done. And so she went through and started randomly picking them just to make sure that I did it right. And she was like, how? I was like, i I, I don't know. I'm just efficient. And from then on, it was just like, hey, we need you to do this, do that, do this, do that. And it just it was a nonstop thing that just it just kept on and essentially became my thing. And I was also responsible for training a whole lot of people uh, to include the the new site manager that they had for their Massachusetts operation when they first opened it. His name was Adam Shalou. He's a really nice guy. Um, I found out today he actually doesn't work for them anymore. But uh, so I was responsible for training people on forklifts, uh, site managers and other leads and stuff on the things that they needed to do. And I also towards the end of my tenure there uh, was responsible for gathering employee complaints, concerns, et cetera, that they were too scared to bring up to HR. That was like my last real task that was given to me outside of my department. And I think that played a large role into my removal <laughs> from True Leave because I, I I didn't have the fear aspect that you know, a lot of the employees had because they were all worried they were going to get fired if they went and complained. And I was just like, buckle up, y'all. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, it, it you know, it was what it was. And so I'd go in and I'd be like, hey, these are the complaints. Boom. And I'd sit down and they're like, you're not going to knock? No, I'm not. <laughs> like, I'll make sure you're not busy. But if I see you're in here playing on your phone, I can see you through the window. I'm, I'm just going to come in and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to address the issues. And uh, they didn't like that. <laughs> we, but, have a phone, uh, we have a phone number tonight, too. If uh, people want to call in, 978-560-3155. Uh, some folks have uh, been making note that I haven't been able to get back to them. They want to speak to me. It's it's very difficult for me to get back to everybody. I get a lot, especially after some of these True Leaf shows. 
Um, this is this is what the show's for. If you want to talk to us, talk to me right now. It, this is the best time to do it. 978-560-3155. We're speaking of James. He's an ex-Truly <coughs> employee in Florida. Worked in a lot of different sites doing uh, operations work. We had spoken briefly on the phone, and one of the first stories that blew me away was about the documented workers who were on where they work visas um, on green cards and what true, how truly treated them, I think, horribly and inhumanely. I, I would just like you to tell us about that story. And I know it's in depth and take your time. Tell us everything about it. <clears throat> yeah. So a lot of the, the Latino employees that we had, um, were they were in the country on work visas and stuff like that and a lot of them were on <clears throat> excuse me um a lot of them were on the harvest team uh that and the outdoor crew meaning that they were at what we call juniper creek and Telosia creek uh those were our two outdoor growth facilities and we used to joke and call them third world because when you went over there the way that they would stay cool during the breaks before they started taking breaks away was it was essentially three sheets of plywood thrown up or yeah, about four sheets of plywood thrown up. So you have one open side and then it's enclosed and it's so short that you had to stay hunched over um, in order to kind of fit in it and get in the shade uh, for those who aren't from North Florida or this area. It gets very hot during the summertime. Um, I'm talking heat indexes of like 118 degrees. And when you're outside working all day and the only thing you have is a, a water cooler that may or may not have water in it, <laughs> um, being able to get out of the direct sunlight is really important. Uh, it got so bad that people started smearing fecal matter on the porta potties that we had uh, out of frustration. <laughs> um, but uh, so we had an employee that was part of the drive team. Um, her name was Claudia and she's very bilingual um her family were immigrants and she's the one that actually blew the lid on it that um so when she found out she went to her superiors and she was like hey is this true that if people working for truly they, they can't renew their green cards they can't renew their their work visas and they were like yeah and she goes well why, why aren't we telling them this and they were like well it's not important and she was like, yes, it is. This is this is big because these people will get deported. It's not they might get deported. They will get deported. And they were like, well, we're working on that. <clears throat> and so anyway, they didn't want to tell the employees. They actually told her to be quiet. So let's well, let's explain that to people that who don't know. I'm not I'm not aware of oh, okay. how immigration works, but I, yeah. I understand it to mean that if someone has a, a green card or, you know, other status legally works here, has the documentation Part of that documentation is they have to have a legal job. They have to they have to yes. show that they're working. And because cannabis is considered to be federally illegal and immigration is done through the U.S. federal government, they don't accept work yeah. at Trulief as a federal legal <laughs> job. So therefore, the service, their work time doesn't count. And these people get deported and think that they were good at the whole they thought they were doing the requirements they thought they were all set and truly knows this and didn't tell the employees is that correct is what, that what is we're hearing 100 what happened that is that is that is entirely correct mm. that seems almost illegal like if it's not illegal it's immoral like, like it, it definitely is it and they is and, they, and an employee made them aware of this issue and they still didn't want to do anything about it correct 
Yeah, uh, and with Claudia being part of the drive team, she went to all of the sites, all of the grow sites. And what she did is she took an English version and a Spanish version, and she put them by the time clocks. Naturally, people clock in, and they're like, ooh, what is this? <laughs> and so as people were reading it, all of a sudden, there's an uproar. People are like, hey, am I going to get deported because I work here? And truly kind of stayed quiet on it. And then finally, they released this super cringy, very unheartfelt message of like, we understand your concern. We're going to work to, you know, push legislation to change this and yada, yada, yada. In other words, they're talking about doing like a two year process to solve a problem that needs to be fixed right now. And they, they just made it feel like you, you couldn't trust them to actually go to bat for you because everyone knows that legislation takes forever in the United States. It takes, it takes forever. So you're not going to push for, you know, people to be able to get their green cards and work visas renewed in the course of like three months. And some of these people only have three to six months before they have to go renew. And so when she posted that it overnight, we lost a ton of people. Our entire harvest team started having to work massive overtime hours just to keep up with demand. And to, even then they, they couldn't because of how many people they lost. Um, at the time, the person running that department, uh, Mara Roman, tried really, really hard to, you know, keep people calm and everything. Cause she was upset about it too, but she was, you know, trying to make sure that, you know, like, Hey, you know, I'm going to go to bat for you guys. And she was, um, but at the end of the day, she was just the person running that, that department. She wasn't a big shot. And, um, but there was, there was, there was a group of people there who, who tried to, to keep people calm. But at the end of the day, nobody's going to stay calm when there's the chance that they might get deported out of the country and away from their families because the owner of their company doesn't care about them. And now he, did you did you actually know anyone that was actually deported that way that didn't know and that in all know? honesty they they put they made us tight-lipped on that. Um they completely if if they heard you talking about it, you would get in trouble. And uh anytime that there was any kind of uh we'll just say disruption and people wanted to talk about it, that was a big no-no. You were not allowed to discuss issues even if it was at other sites um and there's a couple of those i could go into where i was told to be quiet <laughs> or that i would get written up or fired um about other things that took place uh over the time that i was there but uh yeah so we weren't actually allowed to talk to them and the harvest team is really funny the harvest team being mostly latinos and latinas um were actually kept away from everyone else just because of the nature of their work. And so it was really difficult to get any chance to talk to them or to even get to know who they were. You would see them come in on a bus or take their own vehicles. They would show up, go to wherever the harvest was happening, and then you wouldn't see them for the rest of the day. They were in there harvesting from about 7.30 in the morning until you know 9, 10 o'clock at night. You know, we would reach out to True Leaf and ask them for their end of it, but they don't respond to us so i'm, I'm yeah. gonna say this is our new slogan when we do these shows call in kim call in kim <laughs> our phone number is 978-560-3155 uh this year we're also going to be working on some t-shirts i know that or some merchandise i think call in kim is going to be like a a great t-shirt i want to wear <laughs> call in tonight kim 978-560-3155 anyone from true leaf that wants to speak on any of this or any ex-employee let me ask you a question, uh, James. Did you mm -hmm. ever sign a non-disclosure agreement? Did they ask you to sign one? Uh, I, if I remember correctly, they gave us an NDA when I first got hired. Um, I know that they made a sign a non-compete as well, um, but I, I, I think they only had like 
a short time as far as NDA goes. Um, I know that anytime I receive something like an NDA, unless it's for, you know, something that's a hobby of mine, I don't sign it. And I'm very honest about it. I tell people like, look, I'm not going to sign a non-disclosure because if something shady happens or if somebody gets hurt, I'm I'm not going to sit here and be willing to, in case, be the fall guy. Because I've seen it happen. Absolutely. Where up the upper echelon will mess up something and then somebody on the low end gets the catches flack. And uh-uh, no, right. <laughs> not going to be me. <laughs> Another good tip on those two is uh, like I did this on a uh, – uh, I, I got screwed <laughs> – at one company I worked for with like a, like a one year anti-compete, which was the worst to kill me. But um, after that, I, I realized that I could pull another move, which was to cross out. Like there was one, one instance where I signed a contract and they wanted a one year anti-compete and I crossed it out and wrote 30 days. Like, I'll give you 30 days. Like that's it one month. And uh, they accepted it. Like, so, you know, I think, People need to think on their feet sometimes. If, if someone offers you a one-year anti-compete, turn around and say two weeks or 30 days. See, see what they say. You know what I mean? I don't even think about doing that. In all honesty, that's really smart. <laughs> yeah. I learned that from some old pros. And they didn't. And they were with me in the room, and they didn't sign. They had more leverage than me. They didn't sign it at all. And they got accepted. Like, I, I skidded through with the 30 days, which was <laughs> pro move. When you, when you hang around pros, you learn pro moves. Uh, right. We have a phone number tonight. People can call in, call in Kim. Uh, so that's really good that you're you're kind of free on that end. Um, I want to ask you, could you know when that went down? That must have been very stressful to see that going on with the with the workers and know that it, they weren't informed and some of them were being deported and you're working for this company. I mean, how did that make you feel when that was going on? I was actually in, incredibly ticked off about it. Um, so. I was, I would, to put it in perspective, the type of leader that I was when I was running my team is I would constantly be approached by site managers, et cetera. And they would ask me, how are you getting your guys to work 20 hours of overtime a week and not quit? And I would tell them because I treat them like people. Like when it was wintertime, I made, I went through the extra steps to order them stuff for being outside during the winter, like ordered a little space heater, gloves, you know, stuff like that, that other people were being forced to go without. And I'm, I'm like, I take care of my people during the summer times when it was hot. I would go to the, you know, without asking, because if I asked, they would tell me no, but I would go to the gas station. I'd buy Gatorades. If I knew they smoked, I would buy their favorite pack of cigarettes. If they dipped, I'd buy the dip that they liked. You know, if it doesn't matter if it was, if they smoked Newports or Marlboros or whatever, I would, you know, I knew my team well enough to know what they smoked and I would go get that. It's just little things because I didn't make enough money to actually give them like money and be like, Hey guys, here's a hundred bucks for everything, you know? And since I couldn't do that, I, you know, I did what I could out of my own pocket. And I, I actually got in trouble for that uh, my first year uh, for leaving the clock on company time, even though I literally just went across the street because the gas station was essentially across the street. And uh, uh, but I told him, I was like, that's that's how I do it. And I felt like that about everybody. And that's one of the reasons why HR came to me towards the end of my time there and was like, well, for some reason, everybody talks to you. Everybody tells you why they're mad. Everybody tells you why they're quitting. We don't know why. And so you're going to be the go-to person. And I was like, okay, I'm perfectly fine with that. Because at the end of the day, I want everybody to go home. I want everybody to be safe. I want everybody to be successful. And um, whether it's my team or somebody else's team. So seeing them get treated that way really, really made me mad. And, you know, that's when Claudia and I started getting kind of close because, you know, I was asking like, hey, how's everybody doing? Are they okay? Blah, 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 blah. But it was, it was infuriating because 
I remember there were people sitting in their vehicles and they were crying because not only do they have to worry about getting deported because all of the work they did didn't count, but now they're, they know that they're going to have to quit their job and now they're going to be unemployed for however long trying to find a replacement job that's going to take them on with a work visa. And it was, it was really frustrating. It, it, it was borderline infuriating. I think it's immoral. It's like, you know, it's one thing if you're, if you let them know and they make that choice to, to get deported and just work there, you know, for the short term, but to, to, you know, deceive them like that when you know, and you don't even inform these folks that they're going to get deported because this, this work doesn't count. And it's not like, you know, something that, that's, that's common knowledge. Like even the average American wouldn't, wouldn't think of that. Like these seem like legal jobs, but they're yeah. not, you know, no, especially because federally it's, it's, they're it's federally taxed. Yeah. It's because yeah, of the federal law. And a, the, my favorite defense people try to use is like, well, maybe Kim didn't know. Kim was an attorney. She knew, uh, one of my favorite things to prove that Kim had friends in, in the legal beagle business that were a part of legislation being pushed through knowing when things were going to be okay and when they weren't. So 420, everybody, everybody that partakes in cannabis knows about 420 on April 20th of 2019, everyone gets pulled off of their stations and like, Hey, we're doing pre-rolls. And this was, this was like the week before or like half a week before uh, April 20th. Um, so it was like the 16th or so. And we normally, you know, get off at five, but instead we were working till nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night doing pre-rolls. Well, that's confusing because as far as we all knew, pre-rolls were illegal. Yeah. They were up for, you know, debate in, you know, the whole legal beagle world, but they hadn't been said to be legal on April 20th pre-rolls got approved as legal and we already had thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pre-rolls already made and in the process of being shipped to our dispensaries in South Florida. Um, which means that Kim knew that this was going to happen. She already knew and opted to just not say anything because, and the only thing I can assume having spoke to her in person is that she was worried her competition would find out like, um, cure leaf and all of them and uh medmen and she didn't want them to be able to have as equal footing as she did and uh when it came to having up oh, this is the new thing it's legal today so we have it today and uh it, that was when i realized that she is a very because this happened before she's very I, shrewd she's very yes. shrewd uh, kim call in like <laughs> you, you know it, it truly may respond who knows maybe you know some other journals will pick this up and They'll actually respond to some of well, these allegations. And the uh, reason but, I love doing stuff like this now is because I they actually offered me a job last year for 70 or it's between 70 and 80 thousand dollars a year to come back and essentially oversee the logistics to their expansion to Georgia. And so I go through a month-long hiring process, a month-long hiring process. And at the end of it, I just lose all contact. Nobody's contacting me. They already offered me the job. I've already signed the paperwork. And so I'm like, Hey, like, when am I supposed to start? And they were like, Oh, when we went to put you in the system, we saw that you were a former employee. And I was like, yes, I, I told you guys that two separate occasions during my interview. And they were like, yeah, but you're listed as a no rehire. And then they wouldn't tell me why. So I had to start reaching out to people that I knew that still work there in HR. And they said it was because of burnt bridges. And I was like, well, can you show me where? And they had absolutely nothing to give me. Nobody could show me. And the only thing I could remember is I got, I got uh, uh, ridiculed for falsely ridiculed for writing a Reddit post. And I was told that they thought it was 
that I was the one that wrote it. They thought I was the one that wrote it because it was written correctly. Um, meaning proper commas and periods and et cetera. And I was like, well, I appreciate the compliment. Um, but you essentially just said that every employee that works here is stupid. <laughs> um, I promise you there's, there's other people here that could have written that, but yeah. And I, that's the only thing that I can assume because, but we, again, we addressed that before I ever stopped working there beforehand. And plus that was a year or a year before that, two years before that. And, uh, so since they said that I burnt bridges, I'm like, well, uh, you know what? I'll talk about everything now. Yeah. Because... Right now you will. So five, six, zero, three, one, five, five, call in Kim, call in true leaf. Right. You have a comment on this call in tonight. Don't save it for another reporter and come back and with a Do script, with a script. We have some comments I want to read. And then I, I got a lot more questions for you. Um, first comment from a Facebook user. They write, I'm so excited to hear perspective from another department the bullshit was truly everywhere so obviously they they are uh also a former employee at true leaf our friend caleb tasky writes mike if you need help taking all these calls i'd be happy to take some of your overflow he's got a show too uh for true leaf employees if you want to find another show to air your story i would also recommend his show uh the fine print you can find them on youtube um Another Facebook user says, I am scared to even ask what they were being paid. I think he's talking about the workers who had the, the visas and the documents. Uh, do you have any idea what they might have been being paid? $10 an hour. $10 an hour. Okay. Uh, another Facebook user writes, they're blame shifters. Anything but take accountability, illegal or not, it's always the next guy's fault, never true leaves fault. Uh, another Facebook user getting some Facebook comments tonight wrote, uh, truly has it written in writing that Kim is personally involved in all aspects of the company. I'll find the quote in a second. I know that Kim did personally block me on Twitter, so <laughs> maybe she's listening <laughs> online tonight. I hope she is calling Kim. That's awesome. 978-560-3155. I don't want to have to put it on a t-shirt, Kim. Just call in tonight. That's, that's a badge of honor. We have some other folks laughing along, giving us the thumbs up, and we have a phone call. Let's take this call, see who it is. I think I know who it is. Yeah, this is going to be a good call. Hold on, let me turn you on. Hold on, listener. Turn down your uh, yeah. your. I can hear some feedback. What's your name, sir? I know who it is, but tell tell us who it is. Caleb Tesky. Caleb Tesky is on the line. What's up, brother? How you doing, my friend? Good. What do you got for us? Um, I, you know, I, I just thought it was interesting. The comments about um, how the immigrant workers were being treated, because I believe if I'm not mistaken, that a um, truly just won an award for inclusivity and diversity. And they were bragging all about how they um, take care of the people of color and the women and all this stuff. And, and then to hear that um, they wouldn't even inform their immigrant workers uh, about the possibility of being deported. Um, boy, that seems fucking criminal to me at the very least. It's incredibly deceptive, but at the, at the worst, um, that, that seems criminal. And I just wanted to comment on that because that, you know, it's another disgusting example of the corporate culture naturally. And that's all I got. Thank you, Caleb. What do you, what do you think, James? You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. And that was one of the things I noticed. So 
obviously I don't, I don't know if you can tell by the way that I act and the way that I speak, but I've done a lot of blue collar work over the years and truly was the first place where it tells you during the, the application process that this is a blue collar job. It, it makes it very clear. It, I don't know why that stood out to me, I guess, just because it was so abnormal to see this. Like this is a blue collar work environment, yada, yada, yada. But everything was treated like a, like a corporate, like just, just a jail cell is what it felt like. Um, my favorite example of this was we had an employee um, who was late coming back from lunch because she had been hit by a bus. <laughs> she had been hit by a bus and they still pegged her for what they called half a point because she was late. And it's, I think it was once you accumulated five points and your points stayed on there for a year. So 365 days. It wasn't like if you got it in November, it was gone in January. It's 365 days. If you had five points, meaning five tardies, or well, 10 tardies and or five absences over the course of a year, you were terminated and you you couldn't be promoted, you couldn't change departments, anything. But she was so hit was by this a bus. Was badly hurt when she was hit by the bus? I, I to be honest, I'm not, I don't think she was because she did come back. Uh, I just remembered a bunch of yelling because <laughs> I was actually on the forklift and I heard a bunch of yelling. And naturally, once she left, I stopped and I was like, what was that all about? They're like, well, she got hit by a bus. That's why she was late. And like there was damage to her car. And you could see it when she left. Um, and but she had been hit by a school bus. <laughs> and so she was in a car. And, and mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in a car. Like delayed. And, and yeah. Instead but of you, being like, oh, we're like. I, I've actually had like I think something similar happened to me and my family, and I think that the work was cool about it. I mean, these things that you know, I think it's more like thank God you're you you're here yeah. at work. Do you want to take the rest <laughs> of the day off? That's a yeah. that's an appropriate response. Yeah, we had another employee uh, like two weeks Not after that get that hydroplane. Yeah, yeah, ding against you. That's just yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Jay. Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say we had another employee like two weeks later. Uh it rains a lot in North Florida too. So and, and uh we had an employee who hydroplaned right next to the gate, right next to the gate, and actually slams their car into the trees at the gate and gets out and is trying to run to the gate so she can go clock in because she doesn't want to get in trouble. And again, somebody gets hit with half a point because of a car accident that is you know beyond their control. And you know, people can say, well, they were going too fast. She was literally pulling into the gate when she hydroplaned. I mean, she was doing like 15 miles an hour. And um, <coughs> sorry, <clears throat> and it, but it just happens. And instead of being like, like you said, like, well, at least you're okay. That's all that matters. They were like, oh, well, you're late. That's half a point. <laughs> and you're like, why am I, why am I even here? I might as well just go home. If you're going to peg me with half a point, might as well give me the whole point and I'll go home. Right. And you saw some other things too. That I, mean, I know there was like even like a tragedy that no one has heard about that you started to tell me about. Oh, uh, yeah. So you want to get into that or not? Because I don't. Really I can. Um, do you think it's safe to do so? Like I just want to make sure that we're not. You know, I live my life on the edge. Okay, go for it, Ed. Um, talking about Amanda Russo. I think so. You you mentioned yeah. it on the phone call the other yeah, day. Yeah. So. Um, there was a, a, a woman that had the same position I did at our Midway facility. Her name was Amanda Russo. Um, she was a very sweet person. She was very nice. Um, and she stopped showing up for work and naturally some of her coworkers were concerned, you know, management didn't care because we had, a, we had over an 80% turnover rate. It was not abnormal for somebody to just not come in anymore. And anyway, so somebody goes over to her apartment. Long story short, they find out that she had unalived herself um, with medication. And but the 
what made so many people mad is that she had been reporting for, for an extended period of time that she was being sexually harassed at work and they wouldn't do anything about it. Um, one of the big things with true leave is a lot of the employees there have relationships. It's just, it's a lot. And, but I, I think that that was just something that they kind of let slide because at the midway facility, there was also the issue of, where they had to let go of the site manager and his assistant because they were having relationships. And they, when they found out, they told them, no, you can't do that because your guys are upper management. Don't do that. Then they did it again. And the girl, when she found out she was going to get in trouble, she suddenly claimed like, Oh, well he came on to me and his sexual harassment. So I think it got lumped all into that. And that's why they didn't want to touch it, but she had been reporting it for, you know, more than a little while. And it was really strange because after she died, one of the managers, and I'm not going to say his name because, you know, this is all alleged was let go. He had been a long-term employee. He was a manager before I started. He actually was a part of my interview process. Um, but that was, it, we had heard that that was the manager that was the cause of the problem and she dies and then suddenly he's gone. And that was that. And if you got caught talking about it, you got threatened with being terminated. Uh, Alec Dahl, I'll throw his name out there. He was the site manager where I worked at the time. And I was trying to explain to somebody why, look, if you have someone who's talking to you this, that, or whatever kind of way, you can come talk to me because I don't want another Amanda situation. And naturally they have no idea what I'm talking about. So I was trying to explain it as politely as possible. And he comes up and he looks at me and he goes, and I was like, really? Like, really? I can't tell people to come talk to me because I don't want what happened to someone else to happen again. And mind you, I didn't use her name, but everybody knew who I was talking about, even though it was at another another facility. That's that's how that's how big it was, because everybody knew that there had been a report, but HR couldn't find anything. They couldn't. And they just swept it under the rug. I still have the last text message he sent me, I believe. I think it transferred over when I got my new phone. Um, but do you know what you said? What was it about? It was about work. Funny enough. <laughs> um, it was it was about work. And we were talking uh, about something that was being ordered. Let me see. There it is. Um, November 29th, 2019. Um She's like, hey, sorry, for, you got to forgive the delay. Just listen to the voicemail. I didn't get a lot of work-related calls on this phone. I thought it would be on the other one, so I wasn't in a rush to check it. Uh, love to see what the issue is for that purchase order. Shoot me an email. Uh, hope you had a wonderful. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. Talking about Thanksgiving, um, and uh, that was just how she was overall as a person. She was real upbeat, real bubbly, real nice, real sweet, and always wanted everybody to be happy. And so, like when that happened, it was like a gut punch because. As a material handling lead, I do a lot of conversing with other material handling leads like, hey, do you guys have any extra of this or extra of that? You know, we're trying to, you know, save money and cut corners, you know, because they don't want us purchasing this or this because it's almost the end of the fiscal year. And so they're trying to make the books look good. That was another thing was they were always about, hey, you guys are just going to have to go without for the next month because we're closing the books up and we, we want the numbers to look good. And it made our jobs so difficult. So we're constantly pinging off each other. Like, hey, do you guys have any of this that we can borrow to the end of the month? And then da, 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 da. and then we would order it afterwards and then trade it back to each other to make the books look good. So how was how old was she, do you think, would she? Uh she was, if I remember correctly, she was in her late twenties. Mm. So another and, and you could woman, a young woman. Yeah, and we tried looking up her obituary. We couldn't find her obituary anywhere. Um 
we couldn't find anything about it when she passed away. Like we knew she did, but we couldn't find anything on her. It was just like she vanished. Poof. But well, we, we hear a lot. We we hear this a lot in this industry about the sexual harassment, <coughs> the abuse, and also about you know the health and safety, which I want to talk about in a second. Uh, we also had some more comments come in. Uh, Megan, who worked at True Leaf as well, she's a, been a recent guest on the show. She writes, everything is swept out of the rug with them until they are forced to face something, and then people just start getting fired with nothing ever being addressed or any real change happening. Um, I like what you when you said that you know the manager was like. It's like, don't ask, don't tell. It reminds me of that whole Bill Clinton thing about being gay in the middle. Yeah. Like, don't ask, don't tell. It's so, so stupid. Right. And that's yeah. kind of what a lot of these corporations that they rely on is don't ask, don't tell. I don't want to know. It keeps me not legally culpable if I don't know, if I, we yeah. don't talk about it. Um, but it, I'm glad you're talking about it, James. Um, is Someone that I know quite well recommended you, and, and I know that you've been talking to them for quite some time. Yeah, and I, I've been being fed James information. I never met you until you know, like basically last week, or you know, started talking <laughs> to you. But I've been getting information from you for quite a while, so I want to thank you for that. Number one, but number two, I want to ask um, about the labor issue. Like in Florida, I know even just starting, you know, labor unions in cannabis in Massachusetts, where it's supposed to be. <laughs> a labor you know friendly place it's very difficult we're having some success but we're also having failures too in florida it seems like it just doesn't happen at all um did you see any of that happening like did you see any of that labor organizing activity happening at these truly locations were you involved in any of it um <laughs> or do you not even want to speak on it because it could be ongoing like you know just no nah, it's uh i can talk about it <clears throat> so really funny for most of my life, I was a very anti-union person. I was like, I don't need to pay somebody to talk on my behalf. It, typically, look, I mean, you hear the way that I talk, okay? <laughs> southern boy, a southern right. boy. Yeah. I don't need anybody to talk for me. I ain't gonna pay anybody else any of my money. But um, after the way that people were being treated, and I saw it, and then when I would bring it up, and the way it would just get shut down, I was like, dude, we need somebody else. We, we need somebody that has some kind of punching power because if you started talking about issues, they would just fire you like boom. And you just come into work and be like, Hey, where's Joe? And well, Joe got fired for what? And we don't, mm, we don't know. He just, they said he's fired and he ain't coming in today. And that between that and people not showing up, we were always overworked. But <laughs> um, before I, before I get into what I was doing, uh, my favorite thing that I saw happen as far as like employees taking initiative, we had two drivers get shot at uh, during a delivery. Uh, they were in a box truck and everybody, everybody in the area knows what our trucks look like. They are plain white box trucks that look like they need to be retired. And so these individuals essentially stalked the truck, found out when it left got it on the highway and started shooting at the drivers. For those who don't know, our trucks have cameras outside of the facing the, the road inside, facing the drivers inside uh, and at the back facing the back door of the truck. Um, and I think they've added some more since then, but that's, th that was the standard. And in the video, cause I got to see the video footage. I was, I was friends with the people in security whose office was right next to mine. And so like, as they're reviewing stuff naturally, I can just be like, be nosy, you know? And, um, Anyway, these two drivers get shot at and they are told the next day, like, or they are told that night that they still have to come into work the next day. Hmm. They still have to come to work. Well, the, the drive team was really tight. They were really, really tight. 
And so they were like, well, we can't say we're protesting because we'll get fired. But legally, they can't stop us from using our sick days. And so everybody used the sick day <laughs> and uh, they actually did it for multiple days. They did it about the second day. They started throwing out, we're going to fire you guys. We're going to fire all of you. We don't care what the repercussions are. We are going to let you go. Like they were pulling people from my department <laughs> to drive trucks and be ride alongs because when you have active product, you had to have at least two people in the vehicle to kind of, I guess, monitor each other. I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't work, but it, it, you know, anyway, that's the point behind it. And, um, so they started threatening to fire people and if they didn't come in and, you know, again, it's, it's, it's the world where you have to have an income, you have to have a check. Yeah. And so they, these people started coming in one after the other and they'd be like, well, so-and-so came in. So you guys need to come in too. Cause obviously what you guys are trying to do is done. And so then somebody else would come in and then it's just rinse repeat You're picking and, them off one by one. Yeah. And so after I saw stuff like that, <clears throat> I went home and I'm a big IT guy. I'm real big into knowledge and stuff like that and learning. I was like, okay, this is time to set my personal beliefs aside and see what there is for unions. Cause there's gotta be one. And I, I've, I found our mutual contact and, I mean, I just like a therapist. I just, I just emotionally dumped everything. And I'm one of those people where I love having evidence. I love backing things up. I, I, I generally do not say something if I have no way to immediately prove it right then and there. Like I told you before I came on today, I've got emails right here in front of me from when I worked there. Um, same thing when I approached him, I was like, look, here's the evidence. Boom, 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 boom. And he was like, oh my God we're going to fly somebody out to talk to you like tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, okay. And so uh, I worked hand in hand with them to try to start a union movement that actually picked up really well. Um, we had a meeting outside after work one day of all of us. And there was, you know, around, you know, 15, 20 people. And, you know, we all went, we ate whatever. And over the course of like three weeks, maybe a month, one by one, everyone that was there started getting fired. Just boom, 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 boom. So obviously we had a rat somewhere. Some Somewhere we had a rat. And they never said anything about unions. They never said anything about union busting, nothing. It was never brought up, but everyone that participated got fired. Got fired. Except me and one other person. I mean, Makes she you wonder if they're surveilling you, how they're surveilling, like, you know, following the employees. This right, is how I much they don't want you to unionize. <clears throat> I think this. I think employees that truly have to realize that how how much they don't want you to. Oh yeah, and I I remember uh, when I left my one of the last things I did was I shook the hand of the director who had just been hired, the director who who terminated me. I shook his hand. I told him thank you for taking all of this extra weight off of my chest. I pitied my replacement. And I hope that the underground union movement that's happening smokes you guys. And he went bug-eyed, absolutely bug-eyed. Yeah, and I was like, bye. <laughs> and uh, it was funny because, and this is going to sound really conceited, but I was a very beloved individual there because the standard operating procedure when somebody is fired or quits is they are escorted by loss prevention to their vehicle and they are escorted out of the gate the loss prevention guys were so mad that I got fired that they were like, look, man, 
go say bye to whoever you gotta say bye to. Uh, if you got some stuff you want to put in your car, uh, go ahead. Um, just I don't know, man. Come see me before you walk out the gate. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm walking around saying bye to everybody, and all these managers are like, "Didn't you get fired?" And I was like, "Yeah." Like, why are you still here? Uh, well, technically, I haven't clocked out yet. So, you know, <laughs> technically, it's like Fight Club. We run this <laughs> place, not you fools. I mean, right. that's basically what what the, like lately this movement in the show is proving too. Like we, the information we get on the show is from top to bottom. I I, I think True Leaf is now calling our show to get information. Actually, <laughs> like seriously, uh, nine seven eight. It. I swear to God, I think I had one of those calls. It's funny. Nine seven eight five six zero three one five five. Uh, this is Mike Crawford. We're speaking to James. He's a truly Florida whistleblower, uh, former employer employee at Trueleaf, uh, the company that we cover quite a bit. We're taking your phone calls. I like how most people have been watching, but uh, been very polite on waiting to ask their questions. We actually have a, a someone who's also standing by. I'm going to bring up in the room in a second, um, in the green room. More comments came in. I want to read a few of those. Uh, Alicia Nicole wrote, "Truly, must spend a lot on carpeting with how much they, sh- how much shit they sweep under the rug." Uh, Megan writes, she's also a former uh, True Leaf worker. She writes, "I think if we were able to get a union in here, it would be very similar to what's going on at Starbucks right now." Yeah, I think that needs to happen. They tried to crush the Starbucks union. It was almost successful, but a lot of places have been unionized over the last year. It really blew up in their face. Uh, Alex Miller writes, True Leaf's no retaliation policy. True Leaf prohibits any form of discipline, reprisal, intimidation, or retaliation for reporting a potential conflict of interest or violation. Sounds like they maybe don't follow that. Facebook user also writes, two remote supervisors terminated someone in the call center via a team's call and he came to me not knowing what to do lol he said i was just fired <laughs> on the team's call and i don't know what to do <clears throat> so lots of crazy stuff being revealed let's bring up um you know i do want to ask actually before I, we have alicia but nicole who's standing by i want to bring her into the call but before i do that i want to ask you you're an opera like actually i want to ask you a couple of things quick quick question was you were talking about the union when you had the 15, 20 people and then they got picked off. Where was that? Like, was that one location? Uh, uh, so <laughs> because everybody talks to me and I traveled around the sites and trained other people, uh, it was actually multiple sites. It was multiple locations. And I had actually printed out little flyers and stuff, like real tiny ones, like flashcards almost. And like, hey, like when you walk in the locker room, drop these on the floor. Don't don't pass them out in front of the cameras. There's cameras everywhere with microphones don't drop them there drop them in the locker rooms drop them like when you're getting something out of the microwave slide it under your plate and then leave it there you know i was like telling people how to do this stuff so we could grow the movement and so they were they were from all over uh we we actually had people uh down in some of the dispensaries and stuff in south florida if i remember correctly so what were some of the locations that you were you know speaking to people that they were they were doing some of this like uh juniper creek Telosia creek higdon uh ben bostic uh later on was jeffco uh is what they called it jeffco for jefferson county um out of monticello florida and i know for a fact that at least one of them transferred over to lee county or or yeah the lee county out or madison county in lee florida called madco 
Um, so every one of their grow sites, every grow site had somebody somewhere that was associated with the union. Do you think that's happening now? Do you think they killed it? And um, do you think, like, did the union do anything? Were they able to even do anything about it? They they tried. The um, they tried. Uh, Truly, actually called the sheriff's department out on um, somebody. Uh, did I freeze or is that me? No, you're fine. Oh, okay, I look frozen on my end. Um, so the sheriff's department showed up because somebody associated with the union, they weren't actually part of the union, but they were trying to get an idea of the, the working conditions, um, flew a drone overhead because they were trying to prove that the only place employees had to go when it was really hot were those little wood huts. And truly called the sheriff's department because they're real buddy, buddy. They're really tight with each other. And they ran them off that, and they didn't just show up with just one car either. They showed up like three squad cars deep for one dude flying a drone. And it wasn't one of those big drones. It was just a little micro drone with a camera on it. And, um, but I hope that it, I hope the movement's still alive. Uh, unfortunately, the people that I associate with, uh, truly. Oh, we just did lose you, James. Unfortunately, hopefully you call right back. Let's try to get James back on the show as soon as possible. But in the meantime, I'm going to bring Alicia Nicole up right now. What's up, Alicia? Hi, Mike. How's it How going? You doing? You've been listening to the whole show, right? So far. Yeah, the whole show, and I'm uh, completely blown away by what James said. Like, I can't believe they treat people that inhumanely. I'm blown away by the lack of humanity that's in this company. I mean, it kind of goes to show, like, when I said that people are very expendable in this company to the point of where they'll deport them, where they have, like, they have kids and families back home that they're trying to actually, like, keep going. So I... I'm at a loss for words with how terrible this company actually is. It's like a sweatshop. Yeah, it is. It is truly like, it's just like, it just gets worse and worse. James was really, I wanted to hear more. I wanted to hear about the health and safety. I hope he calls back. And I think we have him back in. Let's try to get you guys all on together. <coughs> Sorry about uh, that. James, welcome back to the show. This is Alicia Nicole. Um, her cousin, was Lorna McMurray who passed away at True Leaf in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Um, so she was listening to the whole show as well. And I uh, wanted her to comment and you guys to meet each other. Um, James, did you see or hear anything around health and safety or even anything about Lorna McMurray when you worked there? So I am actually to this day still friends with people that were high up the chain as far as uh, health and safety goes. I actually oversaw the creation of our hazmat disposal. Um, when I got hired, there was no hazmat disposal procedures. They were literally pouring stuff down the drain in the outdoor warehouse. Uh, they called it the East End. Um, where was this? What what city or town? Quincy. Quincy, Mass. I mean, Quincy, yeah, uh, Florida. Quincy, Florida. Yeah, they were literally just dumping stuff down the drain. There's a there's a grate there that runs almost from the the, the warehouse door to the back, and it's a really thin drain. And they would just pour anything and everything. It doesn't matter if it was nutrients or uh, what's the what, peroxide, any of that stuff. It was just going straight down the drain. And my one of my jobs prior to this was I worked for a hazmat disposal company. And I was like, yo, this is illegal. <laughs> this is very illegal. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, y'all don't have somebody in charge of this? <laughs> this is, They will shut you down. And so they put me in, in touch with a gentleman named Brad Stutzman. 
who at the time was the only person responsible for health and safety. Um, and I remember it was my, I, I remember this because it was my mom's birthday. So it was 2019. So February 7th of 2019, I stayed until probably eight o'clock that night, cutting barrels open with a saw to make disposal barrels that we could pour the waste into and then temporarily hold them until we could get an actual holding situation. And we ended up just sticking them in a Connex box in the summer heat <laughs> and just leaving them in there uh, for months and months and months and months. But they had absolutely no disposal procedures uh, when I first got hired. Um, and when other stuff became problems, like we had exposed wires, uh, um, that were mixed in with puddles of water outside of the buildings. I would go out and I was like, yo, this is, this, this is dangerous. Somebody could touch this and they would die. Or we had Lake OSHA at Jefferson County, which was I, legitimately uh, somewhere like around eight to nine foot deep. And it was full of water. It looked like just a big wide puddle, but if you stepped on it, you would disappear. And there was also sewage that would back up and then run down the hill where people walked because you weren't allowed to drive down there. So you had to walk a quarter of a mile to your building if that's where you worked. And, um, and I was like, this is, this is not okay. And the people that were on health and safety, um, one of the ladies, her name is Sunday. Uh, she went to bat to get a lot of it changed and they just kept pushing her off and just pushing her off and pushing her off. I finally had to threaten to call OSHA one day about locks on the racks that we were putting pallets on for the forklifts and stuff. Because all it would take, I'm sure everybody's seen that video where the dude bumps into the, the rag with a forklift and they all start collapsing. And that happens when you don't have those safety, those safety lugs Fins in there. In, right. Yeah. And I've so I was, I know about that. Yeah. And so I, I, for two weeks, I put in emails to the maintenance crew who can't operate unless their boss man gives the okay. And they were like, look, man, we can't touch it. Like we get it. We want to, but we can't touch it until he signs off on it. And I was like, all right. So I called his personal cell phone and I was like, dude, I am going to call OSHA in the next 10 minutes. If you do not get somebody out here to fix this. And I cited the actual OSHA section. I was like, this is in violation of yada, 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 yada. And then he starts cussing me for all I'm worth. Do you know what I've got on my plate right now? I said, I don't care what you got on your plate. You are the head of the department. That is your job. That's why you make a six figure salary because you're supposed to be able to handle this. And I'm not going to let my guys get hurt or get killed because you are stressed out. I'm stressed out because I have to worry about my guys physically dying, dying because exactly. you don't want to do your job. And anyway, I hung up on him and I started looking up the number I needed to call. And then sure enough, around the corner, two of the maintenance guys came around with a, with a drill <laughs> and they were like, hey, I don't know what you said, but uh, we got the OK. We can start doing this now. And I like, appreciate that. See, this is so hard. Threaten OSHA to call OSHA. Speaking of OSHA, do you know of any OSHA <coughs> complaints that were filed? Like, you know, about any a specific lot. Cases? Yeah. Um, they actually got fined like thirty thousand dollars for not providing respirators to the people at the Higdon facility. Um, yeah, yeah, right. And it was this big ordeal because uh one of my first months on the job, I think it was like my second or third month there. I have like four people run around the corner sprinting. They're not jogging. They're sprinting. Like they're running from a tsunami and they're like, OSHA's here. Come with me. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so we're like hiding all of these exposed wires and like throwing stuff up in the attic and trying to hide it. And where OSHA messes up and, and I'm calling OSHA out on this before OSHA shows up, they call ahead of time and say, Hey, on Thursday, the 19th, they do. We're coming. That is the, Dumbest thing you can do. If you're trying to inspect somebody, 
you don't tell them you're coming. And it's just like in the military. We, oh, hey, Colonel so-and-so is going to be here uh, in two weeks. We got to make sure everything's pristine. So they come and they get this really beautiful view of what they think it is. But the day-to-day mission is completely different. The day-to-day environment is awful. And it was the same way at Truly because OSHA would call and say, hey, we're going to be there on the 19th. And so <laughs> that, and to be honest, that day when they showed up and there was that mass panic, they actually tried to keep the people from OSHA, the OSHA representatives in the office talking long enough for us and the maintenance crew to start throwing stuff up in the attic and hiding it. And it was, that was the norm. You know, if OSHA was coming, we would just start trying to t- toss stuff up on the roof, you know, places they're not going to go. <laughs> and it was it was insane because it's dangerous. People get hurt, you know, and in worst case scenarios, you know, people don't go home. And Let me ask you another question. Mold, mold, mold. Yeah. Mold and respiratory keeps coming up a lot. Did you see that a lot? Oh, oh yeah. Now with respiratory issues? Mold was great. Mold was your friend. You just no. learned to embrace the mold because. It was everywhere in the dry rooms. Um, so at the Ben Bostic facility in the dry area, in the back behind the building, there was a mobile home that they converted into a dry room. I helped them convert it. And the amount of mold was disgusting. So truly, because there there is an acceptable amount of mold that can be on your product and you still ship it out. And I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 0.6, like 0.6%, something like that. I, I can't remember the, the exacts. But so instead of doing whole batch tests, TrueLeave would have employees dig through bad batches, find the least messed up one, and then they would check it and be like, oh, this one passed. That batch is good. And then they would pass it on to the customer. And I'm like, dude, this is this is awful. <laughs> And so I actually, they threatened to fire me because I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm going to go back to my department. Um, uh, y'all have fun. And they were like, we, every, this is an all head situation. I got no hands. <laughs> I, would, I would literally, I was, I was that guy. I would literally like pull my sleeve down and be like, well, I got no hands. This is not, I can't help you in a hands-on situation. And I would leave. Yeah. And the and it was great because at the time I knew they couldn't fire me. I knew they couldn't because I was the only person that knew how to do my job. Yeah, I was the only person. You. you had lever. You had what they call leverage. Yeah. And let me was, uh, bring up a few uh, more comments. Uh, Caleb yeah, Kesky asked, "What happened to the barrels that they put in the <coughs> Konex boxes? What happened to that stuff? All the chemicals? You think?" So I reached out to again. This, uh, mind you, I am a material handling lead. I'm supposed to be in charge of the warehouse. I'm not supposed to be in charge of hazmat disposal. But who did I ended up having to call a company I called uh, Crystal Clean and uh, the Nick, who was the site manager for Crystal Clean and him and I knew each other from my previous job. And I was like, hey, man, if you want a solid contract, I got you. So he comes down, gives a quote, checks out. And he was like, yeah, these these need to go. These need to go like yesterday. There's stuff everywhere. It's all on the floor. Um, And so they're like, "Okay, well, we'll get you an inventory, let you know how many barrels. And he's like, all right. So he leaves. Who do you think they got to do the inventory? You. Me. I almost died. So I'm in this Connex box. It you is like July. Or, yeah. So it was like July or August. At the time, the site manager's name was Jordan Miranda. Super cool guy. Um, I am in this Connex box where if you take a heat gun and you point it at the wall, it tells you it's 142 degrees inside. Yeah. It's hot. And so I'm in there and I'm in blue jeans. I'm in work boots. 
and it's hot. I mean, I'm sweating and I'm crawling over these drums, over these barrels. I'm getting all these chemicals, all these nutrients and stuff. I'm getting them all in my pants, all, all everywhere. And the further back you get, the harder it gets to breathe because of all of the fumes and the heat. And so as I'm in there, I start to get dizzy and I'm like, I'm passing out. Like I'm, I'm conscious enough to know what's happening and I know what I need to do. And so like, I'm scrambling to get over these barrels and I get to the edge and I just kind of like, and I just drop. And when I dropped, I flipped over the barrel, the last barrel and I fell onto the asphalt and like I roll over and I leaned up on the Connex box and I can't see everything's real blurry and I'm sitting there and Jordan comes around the corner and he's like, Hey man, you good? And the, I should have said no, but the jar hit in me was like, I'm fine. I'm just hot. I'm just sitting down for a second. And so he walks off and I could have died. I could have died right there. But luckily I made it out of the door and uh, was able to get on their count. I actually still think I have the book that I was carrying. It's covered in, it's covered in chemicals. I, I don't know exactly where I've got. I, I just moved. So it's somewhere in this thing, but I still have that book where I was keeping tally of all of the, the chemical barrels and stuff. But after after like six more months, they had a different company come out and haul off uh, the the chemicals and stuff. But I only ever saw their trucks twice, and then I never saw them again after that. They just went back to store them in the Connex boxes. Wow. Um, yeah, sorry. I know that was a really long tangent. Yeah, we. Yeah, it's a good one. It's just You're lucky very to be interesting alive. And and how you almost died at True Leaf nine seven eight five six zero three one five five. And then you have a laugh about it. You're like, oh, it was fun time. I almost died. It truly. But hey, well, I mean, it, it happened it twice. You, it made you stronger. Now you get to tell a good story. Right. Uh, we're talking about True Leaf tonight. You saw a lot uh, there. We, we've, you know, covered the gamut. Is there anything that you think that we should touch on that we haven't talked about <coughs> tonight, James? Um, in all honesty, between the amount of OSHA violations and the the poor work environments, I, one of my biggest gripes that I had, and when I say this, I am not attacking the, the department that does it. They do it out of necessity, but it's the drivers. We had drivers pulling in some of the most ludicrous overtime. Now, mind you, to my knowledge, these drivers still have to follow DOT regulations because you're still operating a box truck on the highway. I have I have an email that I had I sent it out because otherwise they wouldn't have gotten recognition for it where they came in at like 7:45 in the morning and did not go home until past 11:30 at night and they were in trucks the whole time. The DOT to my knowledge only allows 10 hours. It might be 12, but I know after that you have to take what's called your mandatory 10. And they definitely pulled more than 10 hours. And they definitely pulled more than 12 hours. They were pulling 14, 15, 16 hour days driving these trucks. And then, you know, funny enough, we have somebody flip a truck like a week after I get let go. They, uh, they were, they flipped a truck at the intersection where you go to Thomasville, Georgia from Monticello, <laughs> excuse me, off of West caps highway. And I think it's just, people are exhausted. They're tired, but I sent that email out giving them recognition because I knew otherwise they wouldn't even get recognized for it. And plus that, and I wanted to be able to pull it up later in case somebody needed it. Like, hey, man, you got anything where, you know, you can show we were working in dangerous conditions. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby, I got you. Hold on. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, like I said, I, I want everyone to be safe. I've worked in dangerous jobs. I mean, I was in the military. It's, every day is dangerous depending on your job. And I want everyone to be able to go home. 
I want everybody to be safe because nobody wants to die at work. Look, if I die, please let me be in my sleep or before I get to work. Don't don't let me die at or because of work. Right. That's awful. That's awful. That's not the way it's supposed to go. Nine seven eight five six zero three one five five. If you're a truly employee that wants to call in, uh, we got a call right now. Let's take the call. <coughs> I also want to read some more comments that are coming in, but let's uh, take the phone call first. If we can get them up. Hold on one second. Oh, All right. I think I know who's on the phone. Who's on the phone tonight? Hey, this is Danny Carson calling in. How's it going, everybody? Good. How you doing, Danny? Good. Hey, um, I just wanted to say thanks for speaking up. Uh, this has been really, you know, informative. And I think, uh, you know, I'm also a whistleblower for Truly the Massachusetts. Um, and it's hard to even remember all of the little things that went on at the facility because there were so many of them. And, you know, you like so clearly were able to outline exactly why people are so scared to talk and speak up. Um, people work in these conditions all day and they think it's normal. Uh, I'm also a veteran. Uh, I was in the air force for six years before I worked for true leave. And, uh, you know, there's just, you have to use your voice. Uh, you have to look out for your people, just like you were doing, uh, sticking up for other people and like supervising truly and like leading is really, really vitally important. Um, and, you know, I hope that if any, any supervisors are listening tonight, they do the similar things and at least shift gears to understand that these things are not normal. Uh, you should not have to work in these conditions. Uh, you shouldn't be scared to speak up about them and ask questions uh and demand you be treated like a human being uh and i really appreciate you speaking up because it really just it adds so much value to this conversation we're having about truly in general uh so thanks for for doing that i really appreciate you yeah it's the only way we're going to see any change and make sure that everybody gets to go home at the end of the day um and real quick, I just sent you a link to a Google Drive document where I had to make a PowerPoint. I don't know if you want to take a look at it later, where it was so dangerous that I made a PowerPoint um, and presented it to the head of health and safety because of the way we were having to unload trucks. And so in that, you'll see video of how we had to do stuff and lift pallet jacks over our heads and stuff like that. It was, it was great. It was great. Did you send me an email with that information, James? Uh, I sent it to, I think, I think I sent it to you via text. Oh, I hope that, that was you. I sent it to. All right. I will definitely yeah. check it out. That's the other thing. My question for you tonight is I wanted you to send me all the documents that you know I haven't seen yet. I want to send, oh, yeah. send me everything. But I want to thank Danny for calling in. Danny Carson, thank you so much for calling in tonight. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you and James are, are connecting here too. Two whistleblowers are truly. Danny, you also have a um, – you sound perfect tonight. You're. I'm glad you did the phone call tonight. You, uh, you have an event. <laughs> yeah, I coming up on wednesday at 4 p.m right yeah that's tomorrow at 4 p.m uh it's going to be the coalition for cannabis workers safety um it's going to be uh the first meeting we have to really talk uh amongst anybody uh from inside the industry outside the industry um who just wants to make change for cannabis workers uh, in general um, we'd be more than happy to have anybody listening um, to join in, even just to listen to the conversation um, and, uh, you know, really start to all collaborate on this because as we can see, you know, 
we leave it to OSHA. They don't do their, their job well enough. Um, we leave it to the state level um, regulators. They don't do it either. Um, so we're all just going to have to do it together. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll find a way to hold them accountable and make sure that cannabis workers are safe. Um, so if you want to join the conversation, anybody that's listening, anybody here, I'd, I'd gladly have you. Thank you so much. I, I'm so proud of what you're doing because last night, like we, we kicked it off tonight with the state senator and the questions were from you. It was the work that you did with folks like Liz and Brenda and the different organizations. So I wanted to end the, you know, the workers, obviously I want to thank you so much for what you're doing right now, Danny. It's making a big difference. People of power are noticing it. And uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for you. Yeah, thank you, Mike. I appreciate your coverage on it and, and to James and Allison for being here. Uh, it's very important work. So thanks for everybody. And uh, I guess that'll be it for me from tonight. Awesome. That is Danny Carson. Uh, very proud to have him as an advocate and a friend and supporter of what Team we're all doing. And uh, we're doing this together. Danny Carson was a, a co-worker of Lorna McMurray. And Alicia, I should have had you say something to Danny tonight. Do you want to have any comment on this too? Uh, Danny's been a big help to this family initially. Um, yeah. <laughs> my grandma's in the background. Uh, she's listening right now. Um, he's been a big help in terms of like when my cousin first got hired on, she was a late bloomer, but she loved what she was doing to the very end. She absolutely loved her job and was hoping to get to a different company or different uh, dispensary per se, but it was because of Danny that she was happy because of Danny hiring her there. And, you know, she, she was, she was just starting off. She just, she found her niche. She found her niche. But I have some more comment, some more comments come in too. I want to read, um, trying to figure out which one to read first. And we'll read this one. Facebook user wrote, if it took someone falling through the floor for truly to fix the rotting wood or in our inventory room at Dale Marbury, True Leaf doesn't care about their employees. Another True Leaf employee speaking out. Uh, another True Leaf employee on Facebook, Megan, who's been on the show, she writes it's the same with DOH inspections as well. We always knew the day before at a minimum that morning. So talking about inspections that they get to tip off. I've seen that on the state level too. The state, it was so ridiculous. They were doing a virtual inspection. Oh, the Zoom, the Zoom. Yeah, inspection. remember that? I mean, they talk about a tip off. Point the camera over here. Yes. Uh, Megan Real has another comment. She says there was a driver who fell asleep on the road coming from the logistics warehouse maybe a year and a half ago. Um, I believe it. And another Facebook user who I believe is an ex employee as well writes I remember working an overnight shift at True Leaf and then being asked to come back at noon after getting off at 6 a.m. God. And yeah. Megan wrote always because they couldn't get anyone to work uh, on Sunday. So it's funny. Yeah. Truly employees are talking to each other in our chat, which I, I, I completely forgot about the DOH inspections. I actually loved DOH inspections. And the reason for that is, is they would come in. They're like, DOH is here, disappear. And so we would go <laughs> into our cars and lay back. We had to be laid back and we would oh watch God. movies. Or uh, my buddy brought a tarp one day. He had a pickup truck. And so we knew DOH was coming and we were going to have to disappear for like two to three hours. And so we put the tarp over the truck, had a little window unit with air conditioning, sorry. And um, 
we were watching TV, like watching movies in the back of the truck because we had to stay out of the way because DOH was there. Because they did, and it, it amazed me because they were like, we don't want any dirt on the floor in the potting area. It, it it's the it's the potting area. There's there's always dirt here, and it is just. But that's what they would do. Doh is going to be here. Go away. That's that's the reason. So I had to start biting my lip because it was just it was so funny to me. But those days were great because I mean I had two hours, three hours, but I didn't have to do anything. And I got paid for it. And just go hide out in my car and just <laughs> and, and, and watch a movie. <laughs> oh. We're the young jerks. We're speaking to James. He's a truly Florida worker who's speaking out. A lot of experience there. Um, you know, a couple of things I wanted to just ask you towards the end here is if let's just say that True Leaf Management or Kim herself is listening. I mean, rule number one is she should call in. Call in tonight, Kim. Call, call in, in, Kim. 968-560-3155. Call in, Kim. But what would your advice to them be, James, at this point? And also, what would your advice be to like regulators or people even on a state level like Connecticut or Georgia who are deciding to give truly their first licenses. What would your advice to those states be? And what would your advice be to truly themselves? Um, with Kim, my, my advice would be practice what you preach. You talk about being inclusive and caring about people and how we're supposed to function as a team. You have a whole ditty based around it. And you talk about how it's important for people to be able to speak up and speak their mind, even if it's not something you want to hear. At the end of the day, something you don't want to hear is probably something you need to hear. If you want everyone to be happy, which means increased productivity because a happy employee is a functioning employee, then I it would behoove you to take what they say to heart and improve upon it versus condemning the people for wanting to work, for wanting to enjoy where they work. In other words, wanting to be able to stay working there. They like working for you so much that they want it to be safe and enjoyable so they can keep coming back. It's not them taking you down or trashing the company. It's them wanting to make it better. So stop attacking them for it. As far as regular employees, don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. I was a loud mouth for two years and 11 months. It took them two years and 11 months to finally gather the cojones to make me go away. And the only time we ever saw change is when I was so loud that everyone heard me when I went out there and showed my butt and raised my voice and got stuff done. And I made sure that everyone heard me. And as far as state legislators, when it comes to when it comes to cannabis, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the fact that it helps people. I remember seeing the thank you messages from uh customers even on return products uh somebody somebody slipped 50 dollars into a return package and a thank you note it was really cool um but talking and and i personally have friends guys that i served in the, the marine corps with who were able to get off of their ptsd medications their anxiety medications because of cannabis so i believe that it definitely can help people i believe that it is a much safer pastime than getting drunk and wanting to go pick bar fights um I do, however, believe that the chance and the opportunity should be given to your local people first, the people who are from your state and that these big corporations like True Leave, if you do decide to let them in, need to be monitored like you would monitor your own house, your own home, who is in your house and what are they doing? Because I promise you the amount of money, the amount of legal pull that they have will 
allow them the ability to undermine the initial intent of whatever it is that you tell them they can or cannot do. Thank you so much for speaking out tonight, James. Alicia, Nicole, do you have any final comments too on, on any of this tonight? Uh, what he was talking about with um, how you should be able to take like what people are telling you is wrong. Like the truth hurts. That's initially the thing that'll set you free. If you're sitting there like ignoring all these problems and hoping that they're going to go away until they just build up and build up and your corporation just falls through the floor like that person did in Florida, um, then you're not going to have a corporation to stand on anymore. I mean, the, the people that are working for you are the foundation to your business. They are the people that you should be genuinely concerned about their safety, their well-being, and the way that they're going to manage your system. Like, it's, it's, it's a wheel and a cog kind of thing. Like, if you don't grease the wheel and make sure that it's healthy and not rusting or, like, you know, it's going to all just fall to shit. Like, what do you expect? I mean, you got all the, just because your um, your lenders for all your money isn't really paying attention and you're trying to sweep it under the rug that way. I like, I, I just, I, it makes no sense to me how you can just make these people expendable, bring in younger people that have no knowledge. So you can just like, I guess, take advantage of them too. And then when you're done with them, you just fling them back into the world and be like, sorry, we got a replacement for you. You know, like they gave the, the supervisor that was there for my cousin, a promotion you know, after she just died, like that's the kind of company that true leave is. That's the kind of company that Kim rivers owns. That's why she, she's never going to call in because she, unless it's a paid off scripted show and she pays you to, you know, say what she, she wants you to say, she's not going to bother with you because it, it, it questions her authority. It undermines her authority. It makes her look bad, but she's doing a good job at already looking bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if she can do much. Call in Kim is our new Please, motto call here. In. Call in Kim. Hashtag call in Kim. <laughs> call in tonight, Kim. 978-560-3155. It's that easy. Any True Leaf employee who wants to call in can do so. We got a couple more comments I want to read too. Yeah, I mean, I'd I like love to this hear one right here. Hillary really? writes I'm, uh, on YouTube. I like the YouTube comments. We get a lot of Facebook comments tonight. Here's a YouTube one. She writes, I'm glad you guys continue to do this. Hashtag Florida. Another comment from another employee at True Leaf on Facebook says, from Kim's welcome letter that we read on the first day of training, joining True Leaf will be one of the best decisions you have ever made. Liar. Oh, Danny man. Carson's listening. He writes hashtag Colin Kim. Call hey. in Kim. Hashtag Colin Kim. Another one on uh, YouTube. That's... Hillary writes hashtag True Lies. Yep. We got all I'm... the hashtags going tonight. Yeah, I love it. I'd love to hear uh, Kim's opinion on the the female employee that had her arm caught up in a machine and they had to call the fire department to come cut her out at the Higdon site or the explosion that happened at the Higdon site like two months ago, three months ago. I'd love to hear her talk about those. Yeah. Especially when she's, you know, talking about she's minority women owned business and claiming awards and all those things. I understand that you have to go uh, back to work uh, too as well, Alicia Nicole. Yes, sir. I do. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Of course, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here, especially because of what you guys continue to do and 
how you continue to help the workers in this in this field like it's not going to get better until we start making it better ourselves and i'm just instead of my cousin because she can't be here so thank you so much and uh enjoy yourself tonight at work i will i always do i'm a cashier and i love what i do so <laughs> thank you have a Good great evening. night alicia nicole we're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. Uh, we've got a lot going on tonight. We got some. We got a guest, James, that we're talking to about True Leaf. I also want to make sure that I promote <clears throat> the event that we're doing too. We got a this workers event that we're doing. It's the Young Jerks Cannabis Workers Awards. Um, for many years, on April, you know, at the end of April, the beginning of May, is my birthday, and on one of my birthdays, before we decriminalized and did medical and legal in Massachusetts, I got arrested on my birthday for cannabis. And so one of the things I've done over the years since then, uh, a lot of times with mass can normal, when I was, you know, doing the decrim medical and legal is we did a lot of fundraisers on my birthday every year we'd, we'd have a birthday party event and we'd raise money for the cause to try to change the law since I got busted on my birthday. And this year, you know, a couple of years back, we did a, a young jerks, award show where we honored a lot of uh, local politicians and cannabis industry folks uh, with our first award show, a lot of our past guests. This year, we're calling it the Cannabis Workers Awards. We're focusing on the workers this time. Uh, so we hope you'll come out. It's May 7th. It's in Somerville, Massachusetts. Uh, it's going to be a great event. We, we're about to make a lot of announcements about who we've nominated for awards. And all of that, you can check it out on midnightmass.substack.com. Please subscribe to us. If you're if you're just listening for the first time, you like what we do, please share it. But do more than that. Make sure you're you know, following us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on iTunes, all those places that we're at. Because we, we provide a lot of information. If you're only on one thing, you might miss it, especially if you're not even subscribed to the place you're listening right now. But check us out at The Young Jerks. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me, um, and especially on uh, Twitter, too, at The Young Jerks, and our iTunes. Please rate us, review us, give us you know five-star ratings on there as well. And if you can, come out to the event May 7th. It's going to be a great event in Somerville, Massachusetts. Half of the proceeds that we raised that night, if there's any profit on top of you know what we're spending for the event, uh, we're going to donate to some of the top honorees that night, which will be some of the workers. So we're really excited. This is really about an opportunity to do some networking among the community that we're creating among workers. It's also an opportunity to raise awareness locally with the press and, and some of the other media folks and organizers as well. And it's also a great opportunity, hopefully, to raise some uh, money and especially just support because there's people who've been fired fighting for this. We've done a lot of shows on this and a lot of workers have come forward and we want to make this night about them. So if you're interested in sponsoring, supporting the event, hit us up, but we're going to be uh, promoting much more and tickets have gone on sale. You can check out the venue of the Rockwell, Somerville, Massachusetts. I want to thank James so much for sticking by me while I'm giving the pitch on the event. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before we let you go tonight, James? No, I mean, uh, I saw where Caleb asked uh, about the lady who had her arm stuck in it. Um, it I, I don't know what the machine was called. I know that it had essentially like double rollers. She was a new employee and had been instructed to clean the machine, had not been trained on how to clean the machine. And her lead and her supervisor left her in the room alone 
to clean the machine. And so she was trying to, she had the rollers running to try to scrape the rollers clean. And when she did, she got caught and it snatched her into the machine. And naturally she started screaming and they run over there. And if I remember correctly, somebody actually had to pull the machine out of the plug. Cause there's no, there's no emergency stop. They had to unplug the machine and um, the fire department showed up and ended up having to cut her out of the machine. Uh, it had gone up, I think to her elbow, um, but it might've been her shoulder. But uh, luckily she didn't receive super terrible injuries. She maintained most of the use of her hand and her arm. Um, but yeah, that was a big stink that, that went down there. It's just, you know, I'm always willing to like, ever since they told me that I burnt bridges, I'm, I'm here now to show them. Like, I know I will show you a burnt bridge. I mean, I was there long enough to get a lot of experiences and see a lot of things and, um, you know, just see how they treat people. One of my favorite memories from true leave. And I actually have a video from that day. I took a sick day because I was very sick. I was throwing up running a fever. They called me in, told me I had to come into work at the new site in Lee, Florida. And I had to unload an entire big rig truck by myself, meaning drive the big forklift because I was the only certified person, hop off the forklift, load the items manually onto the forklift because there were these 350 gallon drums, load them on there manually, hop off the truck, hop back on the forklift, buckle up, take it, drive it where it needed to go and rinse and repeat. And I did that 24 times. And I was, it was really hot. And I was, like I said, I was really sick, but I took a video just out of frustration and they still took my sick day from me. They still took my sick day. Hmm. That was, that was great. They took my sick day from me and made me come in on my day off uh, when I was sick. That was great. But yeah, um, I'm actually super glad that this is being done. I'm, I'm super stoked to see it getting more traction. I hope that somebody forces Kim to sit down and watch this. I hope that, the the people who invest in this company i hope the investors see this and i hope that they force her to sit down into that little fancy office of hers that she had built and they make her watch this i hope i i pray that they that's what they do because i i hope their numbers tank i hope their stock tanks and i hope that it draws so much attention because people finally find out what's going on and how people are being treated that they have to they have to move mountains and which means moving her they have to get rid of her. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that's what it comes down to because she is a terrible, terrible person. And now, this that is question that Caleb had asked, he said, can we hear more about the woman who got her arm stuck in a machine? You told us about that. Where was that location? Was there an OSHA complaint on that as well or not? It was, it was at the Higdon facility in Quincy, Florida. Uh, when you're coming into Quincy, it's on the right-hand side. Um, uh, past the Dollar General. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if OSHA ever got involved in that. I don't think they did. Uh, they, they tried really hard to brush that under the rug. Uh, luckily, employees talk when something like that happens. And so we all found out within 20 minutes of it happening, hey, there's a girl here getting cut out of a machine. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think OSHA ever got involved in that. Hashtag call out Kim is uh, like trending on our, on our <laughs> chat right now. Everyone's doing that. Call out Kim. No, I, I'm saying call in, Kim. We're, we are calling her out, but we want Kim to call in. Get some guts, Kim, and call in. You got a few minutes before we, you know, wrap up the show. Yeah, plenty of time. Kyle says, hello, Mike. Uh, a Facebook user writes, these shows only get better. James, you did a hell of a job. Very well spoken and a wealth of information. This run, uh, this river runs deep. Love seeing Lorna's family here, too. Appreciate it. 
Awesome. I want to thank you so much too, James, for calling in tonight and uh, spending time with us. I want to thank all of our listeners and supporters. And I also want to thank all the workers out there because this story just continues to get advanced because of them. And I salute you. I salute you, James. And uh, we're the young jerks. I'm not sure when we'll be back. I think Sunday night is probably the next show. Uh, I think we're going to do a, a show with some lawyers to kind of give some legal advice, some employment advice to workers dealing with you know non-disclosure agreements and workman comp and, and other things related uh to the cannabis industry so we're going to continue on this if you're a true leaf worker a cure leaf worker wherever you work in the industry if you want to share your story you can definitely do so with us on or off the records on or off the record definitely hit us up um and if you want to find out more about the uh meeting that's happening on wednesday that uh danny Carson is organizing for workers. Definitely hit me up. I can link you with that as well. Uh, again, we're the young jerks. I want to thank everyone. I want to thank James for being here. Uh, we will see everyone very soon. And again, I want to uh, thank you so much, James. Oh, it was a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Did you enjoy this tonight? Oh, absolutely loved it. I've got to get a whole lot of stuff off of my chest <laughs> and expose a whole lot of things that needed to be exposed. And Anything that we didn't... I keep bringing this up and you bring us more <laughs> stories, but was there anything that really that we need to talk about tonight? Offhand, I think that was the the gist of it. And just in like, I, like uh, you said, you wanted me to send you emails with documents and stuff. I will send you every email that I've got uh, after this is over. Um, I will happily send you those where, and I found out it wasn't 10 30 PM that they quit working. It was 2 30 AM. They they did deliveries from 8 a.m. to 2.30 a.m. and then had to be back at work at 7.30 in the morning. Yeah, that's dangerous. But, uh, yeah, Caleb, um, yeah, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. Uh, however, I guess Mike can probably put you in touch with me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, Caleb's all- asking right now. Uh, final comment tonight from our listeners. We got we, They keep coming in. People are definitely all over the show tonight. Caleb Teske, uh, who hosts The Fine Print, says, James, I'd like to follow up on this with you, have you on my podcast. You are the exact type of person we need to hold these people accountable. And <laughs> Caleb's very good at this as well, so uh, I think you guys would get along very well. So uh, I'm definitely thinking that should happen. Caleb says, thank you. Again, we're the Young Jerks. We'll see everyone soon. And, I, again, if, you, if you're just listening tonight or just started following us from Florida or any place, definitely make sure you're liking and subscribing. Make sure you're following us and, and stand up on all the notifications. And please, if you're in Massachusetts, please consider uh, checking out our event that's coming up May 7th. It's a Sunday in Somerville. I can't wait to see everyone. With the Young Jerks, I'll see everyone real soon. Thank you so much, James. Thank you to all our listeners. We'll see you next time, everyone. Mike Crawford, check it out. Young Jerks.